And welcome to After What Works. I'm Kevin Laramie and does Heredia really want to hurt me? I'm sorry guys about that song, but that's a song I think about when I watch Heredia. Sede Heredia Haguerte Paten play in the CONCACAF Champions League. And yes, they won at home again against the San Jose Earthquakes on Wednesday night. So today on the show, we will have in the second half of the show, Mr. Earl Reed, host of the United States of Football podcast. Available on iTunes and on simplyfootball.com. We talked about the Philadelphia Union, about John Ackworth, what he did with the team in the last year, because it's been a year since Peter Novak got fired and destroyed the team before he got fired. So we talked about that. We talked about Jack McInerney, Immobile Kugo, about yeah, the whole Philadelphia Union and who are the next opponent for the Montreal Impact. Saturday night, 7.30, live from Chester, Pennsylvania, close to Philly at PPL Park to face the Union. So we talked about that, but first of all, we'll do a little CONCACAF review of the week. The CONCACAF Champions League was this week, and it was a Champions League draw as well. So we will glance over just a couple of groups that interest me in the Champions League and in the CONCACAF Champions League, and it's a little EPL preview for the weekend before the big MLS weekend. It's a big EPL game weekend, weekend as well. Let's start off with... The CONCACAF Champions League, because this week it was a couple of games in the group stage, actually a lot of games. All started Tuesday night. Houston Dynamo against Arabi Unido from Panama. Houston Dynamo won 2-1. Then you got Kansas City who won 2-0 against Olympia. Isidro Metapan and Cartaginés in Cartaginés finished 0-0. Then you got Cruz Azul from Mexico who beat Valencia 2-1. The Asian club. You got Heredia versus Earthquakes, like I said. The Earthquakes loss on the road it was a dreadful game to watch. The worst pitch in history. It was even worse than two weeks ago when Montreal played there. Remember when we Montreal played there, there was a new uh, rubber pellets that were installed on the pitch. So that wouldn't hurt that bad. Uh, it wasn't too bad, but there was none of those pellets left Wednesday night when the Earthquake played there. It was Ugly, disgusting pitch. The ball was bouncing off everywhere. The passes were off for both teams, and I blame the pitch for the passes because on a regular pitch and on a regular turf, those passes would be on point, would be very, very accurate. But because of the pitch quality and the bounce it has, it has no give whatsoever. It bounces really high and really, really fast, so the ball always goes too fast. So yes, Heredia scares me. They really want to hurt me. They really want to hurt me. They're taking an option on the group. Heredia, who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? That Heredia against two MLS team, a team from Guatemala, what might have a shot of progressing. But you know what might be interesting too? If every single team wins at home one nothing which is the case right now after half the group stage game played. There's three games left to be played in that group five of the CONCACAF Champions League. There's a two-home game for the San Jose Earthquakes at Buckshaw, which you get Earthquakes against Aredia and Earthquakes against Montreal Impact. 
and you get the the other game at Stad Saputo at Edia, Montreal back in Edia at Stad Saputo September 25th. Can you imagine if all of those games finishes one nothing for the home team? It will be a triple tie in the group with every single option of uh, every single what do you call it tiebreaker would be equal as well. The goal differential will be equal. The goal scored would be equal. The goals allowed would be equal. It would be impossible to tiebreak. And I want that to happen to see what CONCACAF is going to do. Because we all know how corrupt CONCACAF is going to be the team that pays the most to the CONCACAF that declared champion of that group if that thing happens. And Montreal has a shot of doing that. So I don't know. Let me know on uh, Twitter or on email what do you think could happen if the triple tiebreaker in the group five of the CONCACAF Champions League. Because I believe it's a very good possibility. And the last game on Wednesday night was Tijuana versus Luis Angel Firpo. And like I said the last show, no, it's not one single player. Luis Angel Firpo, it's an actual team. Tijuana won one nothing. Last night, on Thursday night, there was a, two games too. Was this Caledonia versus Cias de Comunicación. And Cias de Comunicación, big victory, 3-0 on the road against Caledonia. Comunicación. That's a great victory for them in that group in the CONCACAF. Then Ala... Oh, wow. What an upset. Ala Ualense beat Club America 1-0. Ala America was on the road, granted, and we all know the Mexican team don't travel well. But Ala Ualense beat Club America, which is, for me, one of the biggest upsets so far. That and Heredia, biggest upset so far in the CONCACAF. Champions League. It's going to be a great weekend for the English Premier League. Just to finish off with the CONCACAF Champions League first, the next games start September 17th. So for now, there's about a two-week break, two weeks and a half break for the CONCACAF. And then the CONCACAF group stage starts off again in September 27th. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Montreal Impact does in San Jose in that time. But to to finish off with the CONCACAF right now, and we're going to start the England Premier League. The Barclays Premier League. Big weekend of action this weekend. It all starts tomorrow morning, 7.45. Manchester City, the champions from two years ago, or the runners-up from last year, faces the newly promoted Hull City, who got their first victory last week in the Premiership. Man City looks to avenge a loss to Cardiff City last week. Granted, it was in Wales, and Manchester City never won in Wales, neither against Swansea or Cardiff. It's going to be interesting to see what Manchester City does against Hull City. Let's go, Tigers! Go, Tigers! Yeah, it's not going to happen two weeks in a row. And you get a little later that day, tomorrow, Cardiff City versus Everton. So it will be interesting to see if Cardiff City can pull off two upsets in a row. It's going to be in Cardiff City, in Wales, against Everton. Martinez boys, see how they do. Can Fellini and Kone finally click? It'll be, can Aguilca play solid in center back? 
that's when we'll see what Everton can do on the road in Cardiff, which looks like not an easy place to play. Newcastle, Fulham. Yeah, Newcastle, are they for real? Or will Fulham continue with Barbatov? Hmm. Will the Magpies be able to beat Fulham at St. James Park? I believe so. I believe Newcastle's got a shot at the three points, if not just a tie. Then we get Norwich. It's not Norwich. It's Norwich City against Southampton. Southampton impressed me last week with the equalizer late in the game. Southampton's going on the road, and they're going to Norwich to beat the Canaries. So look for Southampton to get a huge upset on the road tomorrow. Put that in your bet if you're an actual betting man. West Ham United at home in London versus Stoke City. Can the Potters win on the road, or will the Hammers win in their fortress? Well, West Ham has a better shot at the victory against Stoke than Stoke against West Ham. So West Ham will get the three points. Look for Kevin Nolan to continue on his blazing run of the starting of the season. Crystal Palace versus Sunderland. Will Josie Altador finally score for Sunderland? Or will Crystal Palace get their first win at home in the Premiership in ages? And can Marwan Shamak continue on his good season debut with Crystal Palace? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting. The next game, Sunday. Liverpool, Man United, live from Anfield. A rivalry renewed. Brendan Rodgers. David Moyes. Luis Suarez? And Wayne Rooney? I would bet more of a Sturridge versus Van Persie, if you're asking me. Look for Man United to continue on their very good form, as usual, even under David Moyes. But it's one of the first times David Moyes is under pressure on the road in a stadium where it's not easy to play. And trust me, he knows. He used to coach on the other side of town. Then you got, at the exact same time at Liverpool Man United, West Bromwich Albion versus Swansea. The other Wales team. West Bromwich. Can they rekindle the fire they had last year? It'll be interesting to see. Then you get... The Derby. Sunday morning, 11. Live, the North London Derby. Live from Emirates Stadium in North London. Arsenal versus Tottenham. The Gunners versus the Spurs. The Had versus the Have. Hmm. The No Trophies versus Might Go For a Trophy. That's the most intriguing game of the season so far in the England Premier League. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of one or the other. It's going to be a great game. Tottenham is going to continue to play well with their new additions. As Soldado, Lamella is now there. You get those great additions with the Tottenham Hotspurs. And Arsenal had nobody yet. Trying to sign everybody. They just called me yesterday. I was too busy. But they called me. Kevin... 
uh, we would need a little help uh, with our uh, goaltending position. I'm like, fine, I, I can come, but I need to come back by Friday because I was working, and they couldn't. Uh, we couldn't come to an agreement, so they called somebody else after. But Arison Wenger is desperate. He's calling anybody and everybody and their brothers and their sisters. So look for that in the EPL this weekend. <laughs> All right, before we go to Earl Reed in uh, to talk about the Philadelphia Union, let's just glance at the other marquee matchup that's in the MLS this weekend. We all know that Montreal's traveling to Philly. Giochos will be there trying to do their best in difficult conditions. I know for you guys, Giochos, keep your head high. Starting tonight, Toronto FC versus the New England Revolution, live from BMO Field. Ken Fagundes and Kellen Rowe and Jose Goncalves continue on their great form lately with the New England Revs and beat the Reds at home. Very likely. Then we have a little later, Real Salt Lake versus Portland, 10 p.m., live from Rio Tinto. On MLS Live or NBC SN, if you have it, lucky you. RSL, one of the leading teams in the league for the Supporters Shield, the actual leader right now, but Montreal has two games in hand. Don't forget that. In the points per game department, Montreal still dominates the league. We're going back to that game, we're gonna are we gonna see Caleb Porter's boys, the Portland Timbers, play well on the road and try and be able to beat RSL at home? Or will RSL with a doubtful Beckerman be able to continue the dominance on the league. Saturday, Columbus, Seattle. Seattle might destroy Columbus at home. Higuain's not playing. He's in suspended. Very going to be very interesting. We got Philly and Montreal. We'll talk about that with Earl from A to Z. Then you get New York and D.C. New York and D.C. Let's just take a second to talk about the New York Pink Toros. There was an altercation Thursday in the practice between the coach, Mike Petke, and Titi Thierry Henry. A physical altercation. Been looking everywhere for pictures. I saw some yesterday. Couldn't find it any today. I would have put it on my Facebook and my Twitter just to show you. But yeah, no. Something's not going right in New York. And I don't expect New York to make the playoffs. I expect them to continue falling down. When you're 0-1 and 2 in your last three games, when you were supposed to win those three games, games against teams that are under 500, and you're not even winning, and then you're facing DC at home, and two days before the game, your coach and your first and your biggest star fights. Yeah, let's look for DC to pull off the upset at the Red Bull Arena. If you have money, it's a game to put the money on it. Olave is not playing, and Titi's head's not going to be there. He doesn't want to play for Becky anymore. We'll see. 30 minutes later, 8.30, live from Sporting Park. Kansas City is facing the Colorado Rapids. Sporting Kansas City versus the Rapids. A battle of teams in opposite direction. Colorado's climbing. Kansas City's descending. 
whose luck's going to change? Will Colorado continue on being a very possible playoff team in the, the West? Or will Kansas City go back to fight for the top position in the East? And the last game of the weekend, the Cali Classico on ESPN MLS Live, 10.30 p.m. from StubHub Center. We got the LA Galaxy with Mr. New Contract and now the best, the biggest, the biggest, the most played player in MLS now back with Landon Donovan who just signed a new multi-year contract with the Galaxy as a DP again and it is rumored that he's making more money than Dempsey now. He really took it at heart when Dempsey came in and had the biggest contract in MLS's history. Now it's Donovan's again. So we've got the LA Galaxy versus the San Jose Earthquakes. Will the ground rattle in LA? Or will the stars shine at StubHub? A little hint. Robbie Kane is my captain. And I got two other Galaxy players in my fantasy. Look for the Galaxy to shine on Sunday night. Let's take a small break on After What Works, and when we come back, we will be talking to Earl Reed, host of the United States of Football podcast. See you right after Earl. Saw my reflection in a window and didn't know my own face, oh brother. Gonna leave me wasting away on the streets of Philadelphia. Welcome back to After Woodworks. It's with great pleasure that I welcome a past guest on the show, Mr. Earl Reed, host of the United States of Football podcast. Hello, Earl. Hi, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm really great. And yourself? Oh, it's just great to be on the show again, and uh, thanks for asking me on. <laughs> My pleasure. We're here to talk about the Philadelphia Union. First of all, for the benefit of my listeners who don't really follow the Union, how's the Union doing lately? Well, up until this past weekend, they'd been doing pretty well, but they uh, got shellacked pretty good by New England up at Gillette Stadium, 5-1. to one. Uh, Quite a tough performance for the Union. Um, kind of adding insult to injury, they uh, uh, lost Amobi Akugo uh, to a second yellow, so they'll be without him for this upcoming match. Uh, just, but just a, a really... Um, tough performance. Uh, the referee went against them a little bit as well, which uh, ended up set, setting uh, bad with them, and they just uh, kind of lost control there. So they got to regroup, and uh, Montreal is going to be a tough task ahead. <laughs> and you, like you said, Amobio Kugo is uh, maybe the biggest performer this year for the Philadelphia Union. What is the key to replace him in defense tomorrow night? Uh, tomorrow night, yeah. Oh well, that's that's a great question because. Uh, you know, that's one of the positions that the Union are, are relatively thin at, is defender. They've uh, they've never really addressed that issue. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, they had Baki Samari earlier this season, but somehow he, you know, he ended up falling out with the coach, so he, they traded him away to Chicago. And so really they're left without a true reserve center back. What they're going to have to do probably is slide Shannon Williams over into the center back position and then uh, have Ray Gaddis 
come out to the right flank where he's been playing a little bit at the, on the left side this season, but he was, he's been injured. I'm not sure if he'll be ready because, he, like I said, he's been injured. So if Gaddis isn't ready, then Williams may stay on the outside and you may see uh, a, like a central midfielder like uh, Brian Carroll or uh, this guy Greg Jordan who's mm-hmm. played at Harrisburg, their, their uh, uh, USL pro partner. Um, you know, they may come in, uh, someone like that come in and try to play center back. So, I mean, it's really thin for them. So that's a great question. It's really a bad time for them to be losing a Cougar with such a stiff competition like uh, Montreal and uh, the likes of Marco Devay. Yeah, because Marco Devay is back on form right now as we speak with two goals, with two games with, with two goals in the last couple of weeks in the MLS. He's back on top of the Golden Boot race in the MLS as well, right in front of Camilo and McGee. Another striker that I thought would have been in that race, it's Jack McInerney, who's stuck at 11 goals since June. What's going on with Jack Mack? Uh, yeah, just since June, I think I think what happened is, I guess I'd call it a, a sophomore slump. You hear that a lot mm-hmm. here in uh, sports in North America. And I think that's what's happened. You know, he, he really came into... Um, you know, into his own last season when John Hackworth was appointed manager after the firing of Peter Novak. Mm-hmm. And once, uh, you know, once McInerney was given a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of starts there, he really started to produce goals. I think he had seven goals or eight goals last season. He picked it up this season as well. And like you said, he's got uh, like 10. Yeah, I mean, he started off really well, but since June, he's really, uh, you know, struggled. And. <laughs> Uh, lost confidence in himself, and he just hasn't been able to uh, really get back on form. That's why uh, Coach Hackworth sat him this past weekend at New England, uh, trying to get him back, uh, get his head straight maybe a little bit, give him a chance to sort of decompress a little bit and look at the game from the bench. And and hopefully he comes back this week and is able to put it back together again. Uh, He's really a lethal finisher when he's got that confidence, but he just lost it there around June and I'm not sure if the, the stint with the uh, Gold Cup squad did him any favors either. So. That's what my point was going to be. I was like, because he got called up to represent his country, to finally be able to play with the U.S. colors on him. He did not play at all. For a couple of weeks, he was just on the bench. He was not exerting his body, was unexerting, so he probably took a, took a step back in fitness and in form. And I'm wondering if that's the thing that affects his play right now. I mean, that's a possibility. Uh, you know, a lot of people would point out he was already struggling at the point okay. of, re- you know, he, you could see him sort of descend into this in, during June. And, he, you know, he there were a couple chances in uh, a match. Well, I was at one match, and he just he had a perfect chance on goal that was set up by uh, another forward, Aaron Wheeler. And, you know, he just bottled it and, uh, you know, so you could just see him start to lose faith in himself. And so, yeah, and then going and, and not getting any time on the pitch with the, the national team after being called up probably was a little disheartening as well. I, I don't know. I mean, this is a, a point in a, in a guy's career where, you know, he defines whether or not he can face this adversity and be able to come back and, and really prove himself. And, and show that he can get through this when when defenses are keying on him and he's just having trouble finding that f- touch that he had earlier this year. Yeah, I I agree. And you brought it up in the statement before. 
It's been a year since the firing of uh, Peter Novak. And because you brought up the fact that uh, Sumari left because of disagreement with the coach. And it reminded me of last year when all those players got traded because they had a disagreement with Novak. And then Novak got fired. Do you think the union finally got rid of the stigma of uh, Novak? You know, that's one of the things John Hackworth seems to have been doing for the last uh, year is really trying to sort of purge that those you know bad memories you've seen a lot of guys uh you know hit the road uh you know carlos valdez uh, he was loaned out now that was more because valdez wants to be involved with uh you know the Colombian national team and i think he felt like he had a better chance being down there but you've seen a lot of guys that were brought in by novak josue martinez um gabriel gomez um and there were a few others that have kind of gone away. Uh, another one that's been big, or that was big, obviously, Freddie Adu. Mm-hmm. And another one was Roger Torres, who is sort of a fan favorite, sort of the opposite of what Freddie Adu became, <laughs> which was sort of a, a uh, you know, just a, a really sore spot was was Adu. But Torres is a guy that a lot of fans feel the union could use. Yeah. And he just cannot find his way off of the bench, even on the bench. I mean, the he has been superseded by many other players, including Cleberson and, uh, and and some others. And so it's it's been very difficult. But it's like everybody that was a Novak player is gone. And <laughs> and I think that's, that's what Hackworth has been trying to do is build his own team with his own identity. And he talks a lot in his press conferences about being Philly tough. <laughs> and I think he, he wants players that have a little bit of edge that you know you, you see players like Danny Cruz in this team who yeah. you know just work their tails off um you know <clears throat> want to get at the other team want to maybe create some problems <laughs> and, and and just sort of be a thorn in the side and i think that's what hackworth sees well yeah and i believe you, the whole creative creation of a new identity the philly tough thing almost a rocky like team has paid dividends cuz if if this playoff were to start tomorrow morning, Philly would make the playoffs. What do you think Philly needs to do to continue in that run and maybe be a contender for the top five spots in the end of the year? Well, I think they need to continue to have things go their way. One of the things that really stands out is that they have induced their opponent into the most red cards in the league. Oh, wow. I forget how many it is. It's like nine this season or something. It's It's really almost amazing to see how often their opponent has gone down a man. <laughs> and so it, it, that can actually make it look like they've been better than they really have, and I would say that may be the case. I mean, so that's really what they have to do is, number one, prove that they belong in this top five. Okay. I think a lot of fa- even a lot of fans feel like the play hasn't really meant that they are fourth best in the conference. Um, so, you know... They, they've got to be able to do that. They've got to continue to win their set pieces and, and convert them. That's one of the things that, uh, you know, they've done well with Sebastian Latou regaining his form on uh, delivering set pieces, uh, you know, to the heads of guys like Connor Casey, who's been probably the union's MVP this season, just uh, turned his career around in that. So, you know, the, they got to use that size uh, on their set pieces, and they also have to just um, – be be better in the final third. You know, you need to have a guy like Jack McInerney pick it back up again and end up on 15 or 20 goals, I think, if the Union really want to get there because, you know, guys like Danny Cruz and Sebastian Latou aren't putting in goals. So you really have to have 
scoring, and you you have to make sure you shore up at the defense. And they're going to be without Amobi Akugo for uh, the next two matches, which is going to it's going to be tough. So, uh, you know, they have a tough road ahead. It's not, you know, they're it it would very much surprise me if they were in the playoff race, just given the fact they haven't played well. But you know, we we keep holding on to hope. So. <laughs> Well, all right, and so let's get back to the actual game on Saturday. What kind okay. of formation does John Ackworth prefer to play at home? Uh, he is a guy who likes to play what you would probably call a four-one-three-two. Okay, with uh, Brian Carroll being the uh, pure defensive midfielder, like the sweeper kind of. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess you'd call it just a just a destroyer type. Right, okay. sits right in front of in front of the defense and just tries to. You know, clear things out, keep the defense tidy. So he's going to be pretty busy with uh, Amobi Akugo out. Uh, you know, he's going to have even more to do. Uh, try to, as the captain, try to help organize things. And he likes Casey and McInerney up top. I would, I would expect McInerney to be back in the side this week. Um, you know, against Montreal, he was off. Like I said, against New England, but I can't see them. I can't see Hackworth benching him two games straight. And then you have, uh, you know, Danny Cruz and Sebastian Latou out wide, almost as forwards. I mean, these guys have played forward a lot in the past, and they're, um, you know, guys who are prolific attackers and don't play a whole lot of defense. So, you know, you have, it, 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 sometimes it gets kind of stretched for <laughs> the union, you know. It's like you have this gulf between Brian Carroll and sometimes, you know, either Keon Daniel or, or Michael Farfan. They can sit almost sit back too far, and then you get these four guys up top, and there's this gulf. And so there's a lot of long balls played to Connor Casey, and he's he's a good target forward. Mm-hmm. So you know it's it is successful some of the time, but it's not a real pretty style to say the least. Um, but it, it gets the job done, and they've uh, scored a lot of goals this year. So that, that's pretty much their style. All right, so who's going to be the better striker, Connor Casey or DeVaio? I would have said McInerney, but lately it's more Casey. So Connor or Markov? Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be really difficult for the Philadelphia defense in this. You know, having one of the starting center backs out, suspended, you know, I, I think DeVaio can put a world of hurt on Jeff Park and whoever's paired with him. So, yeah, I would have to give the, the advantage to DeVaio, but... You know, it's in a home match. You always have to see how that's going to play. And Montreal is a good team on the counterattack. So, uh, you know, I would give the the advantage to Devio in this one. Only in that, I think, uh, you know, with a, with a, uh, a a second choice defender in there, it, it, it could be a, a long night for the Union. <laughs> well, Earl Reed, thank you very much for being on Off the Woodworks. Ah, anytime. Thank you. You can listen to Earl Reed's show. United States of Football on simplyfootball.com. You can find it on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Earl Reed, it's been a pleasure, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. So thank you very much, Earl Reed, again, for being part of Off the Woodworks. Thank you very much for listening to another edition of Off the Woodworks on RedNationOnline.ca. You can find the show on rednationonline.ca every Friday, or you can look on iTunes, on Feedburner, Podbean, Stitcher Radio. Get the Stitcher Radio app for your smartphones, for your tablets, for any device you'd like, or for just for your computer. Get Stitcher Radio. It's free, and you get a 
thousands and thousands of great podcasts, including yours very own. <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, if you want to let me know which Champions League group do you think is the group of death, we'll talking about that next week. And next week, we have a special segment as well, talking about the Liga MX, talking about the Mexican First Division, who's the hottest team, who's the weakest team, the past glories. We'll be talking about that with Steven Eastap next week. So thank you very much for listening to this show. Like I said, on iTunes, Stitcher, on Twitter, write me your comments or questions on Twitter, at Off The Woodworks. Go like my Facebook, Facebook page, Off The Woodworks with an X always or email me at well it's off the woodworks at hotmail.com <laughs> Philly Montreal Saturday night the North London Derby Sunday morning and the LA Classico Sunday night don't forget to watch those games until then I'm Kevin Lagame and have a great soccer <laughs>